make deals. Base hits to right field. Here comes Richardson. Here's the throw for Marquez. Richardson is safe. Derek Jeter ends his final game with a walk-off single. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Did you have any doubt? That is absolutely clobber. Good gosh, where is that going to land? Oh, my, what a bomb from Aaron Judge. Testing the limits of Safeco Field with home run number 31. OMG. This is Brandon Lockridge, and you're listening to the Bronx Machachos. Welcome to the Bronx Machachos, everybody. Um, I'm Alex. <laughs> I'm here today with, if Mark is unmuting himself, Mark. I am here. What's up, everybody? There we go. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm doing well, everybody. I'm going to pass this back this baton back to Mark. Mark, here you go. <laughs> well, as Alex said, welcome, everybody. We have a little technical difficulties today. Alex said, what's up? We got Danny with us today as well. Yeah, it was good, everybody. And we have none other than Miss Katie Sharp joining us for tonight. So uh, just want to remember, remind everyone to please uh, subscribe, rate, review, like on Apple Podcasts and listen to any on any platform where you get our podcasts out there. Um, also, we'd like to, to thank Lids for sponsoring this segment. Please check out our link tree for any codes that to use online and our link and our link tree is link tree slash real Bronx machachos. So Alex, tell me how the week's been for you, brother. My bad, everybody. I got this hat right here from lids. So yeah, see, 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 got it. Get it. Everybody. <laughs> but yeah, my week's been well, like I said, everybody, how about you, Danny? How's your week been? Normal, you know, just living life. <laughs> Also, exactly. week was pretty cool. Seeing Jarcarlo win was probably uh, the coolest moment, and for him to go back home and and kind of show out like the way he did was was pretty dope. Yeah, I saw a little bit of the highlights. I didn't really watch the game. I'm not a big fan of the All Star game, All Star weekend. I just think a break is all they. I, I feel they deserve a break. I'm not big into the whole semantics. That's just me. Oh, yeah. You you are the Grinch. It's fine. It's not really the Grinch. It's like that's kind of how I was raised. Like my old man, he really didn't care about the All Star game. Like I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I just want to watch Yankee baseball. That's all I care about. Give me my team. I feel like it was a great weekend to showcase like the stars of the game and Juan Soto showed out. Uh, Julio Rodriguez had a great weekend. Uh, He had like eighty three homers in in the first two rounds. In the entire uh, derby, it was it was kind of crazy, but uh, it was it was fun overall to to watch. All right, so this week we got uh, if if you are a part of Yankees Twitter and you you follow stats and want to learn more about baseball, you want to learn about something in depth about the Yankees, we have like probably the best person on Twitter to follow, uh, Katie Sharp. She's joining us this week, so we're really excited to have her. Welcome aboard, Katie. Thanks, guys. I'm really excited to be here. This is awesome. We're we're happy to have you. We're happy to have you. Like, so I, I mean, when I reached out, I, it was kind of like on a whim. I was like, hey, you know what? I, I love Katie's stuff. I, 
I like your stuff all the time and appreciate the follow back on Twitter. Um, but you just you just put out such great information that I think most Yankee fans really need to know. Um, so how do you, what's your process like uh, when, when you're on Twitter and when you're just putting the information out there? Um, well, I mean, it's basically, I'm, you know, I'm watching the games, obviously, and I'm just trying to think of really interesting things to point out that, that are happening in the games and to give some sort of context to them, you know? So like when you see somebody hit, you know, like three home runs in a game, what does that mean? Or you see, you know, you see, you see Garrett Cole throw like three 100 mile per hour pitches in a row or something, or strike out a guy with a, with this like nasty slider that's five inches off the plate, um, something like that, just to be able to, uh, to put what's happening in the game into context so people can kind of better understand, is this good? Is this bad? Is this rare? Does this happen all the time? Um, something like that. And, you know, I'm also, I'm, I'm I'm getting a lot of questions too. You know, I've got a, I've got a pretty big following and people kind of just want to learn more about the game and, and learn what it means. Like, are, do the, are the Yankees really that bad with bases loaded? No. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, a lot of it is kind of reaffirm, you know, trying to put things into when people see something, they naturally react. Oh, the Yankees suck with the bases loaded. They're the worst because they always make outs because they just made it out, you know, but it's right. not really true. So you gotta, you gotta inform people. You gotta make people smarter. Um, and kind of that's, that's my idea of what I'm trying to do uh, when I'm watching a game and I'm helping, you know, responding to questions on Twitter or, or whatnot. But I like fighting the people who are dumb on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole fun. It Don't is. I, I try not for me. I, I could be so mean. I try not to be. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I try not to troll. Um, so that's one of my goals during the game is to not troll. But sometimes, you know, you, I get I get a lot of Mets fans on my on my timeline and oh, I get gosh. a lot of Red Sox and Astros fans on the timeline. So um, it's hard not to troll those guys. But you, you kind of have to, Katie. Like there's no <laughs> this. There should be a contract for all Yankee fans to right. to, to sign. We must. Troll <laughs> Mets, Red we're Sox allowed to. It's, it's OK. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. All right, cool. All right, I got that. You got a pass. It's it, it's not just an you not just have to, but it's highly encouraged. Okay. <laughs> All right, I got that pass from you guys, then. I'm good. <laughs> it, it's it's fun to troll those guys for sure, and we're just and as Yankee fans, we're just super passionate, and sometimes the passion uh, is not coherent, mm-hmm. and we we just like like you said, oh, you know, Gallo struck out. Well. I mean, <laughs> that, that may game. be an exception. <laughs> exactly. He is going to oh, strike out, but you went right for the juggler there. <laughs> I know he was the first guy that came to my mind. Surprisingly, yeah. right? no. I think it, it is. Out. I think it's really fun because the Yankees fan base is so passionate, and it's unlike it's really unlike any other fan base. I mean, I know we say that because we're Yankee fans, but it truly is. Um, I've had other people fans of other teams on Twitter ask me, hey, can you do Brave stats? Can you, can we have like our own Katie Sharp for, for the Orioles or something like that? Um, so I think that just the nature of the Yankees fan base, the fact that it has been such a long time since they've won a World Series. And for most people, that is the only thing that matters. Um, I think that that just, it just intensifies everything. And I don't think that 
I certainly would not have the following that I had if I did stats for a team like the Pirates or if I, you know, if I was a huge Pirates fan and I did the same thing for the Pirates, I'd have like probably like one twentieth of the followers. Um, and I wouldn't be motivated to do it. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you there because like all I know from the Pirates is Roberto Clemente and, and Bonds. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Going back that far. That's, That's all I know. Our, pro- our producer is a, is a pirate fan as well. As well oh, as I'm me. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Katie, how, how did you become a Yankee fan? What's, what, how did that work? Where, where did that passion come from? Mm-hmm. Um, it came from my dad. He was a big Yankees fan. He grew up in New York. Um, he grew up actually on, on Long Island. Um, but he grew up before the Mets were there. So he was just a diehard Yankees fan from, from his first, you know, from when he started. And I really didn't have a choice. I didn't know anything else. Um, I grew up in Connecticut. So uh, it was kind of either you were a Yankees or a Red Sox fan. And um, most of my friends were Red Sox fans, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, I was a Yankees fan just from the first, from the first day I came out of the womb, I guess. <laughs> You made the right decision there. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I have to thank my dad. dad, though. I have to thank my exactly. dad um, yep. for for giving it to me. For sure. So you know, some of the players that we love as as Yankee fans was were was actually traded this offseason. Gio Gonzalez. I'm Gio Gonzalez. Wow. <laughs> Gio, I'm dating myself there, but Gio Oshella, uh in, in that trade with with uh, the Twins. You know, we got rid of Gio and Gary. Um, we got IKF and Donaldson in return. This is going to be one of the first things we, we talk about today. Uh, who at, at this juncture, who who won the trade based on, you know, those underlying stats? Because we see the eye test with IKF. Yes, the 11 mm-hmm. errors are tough. Um, but Donald's is providing great gold glove defense combined with DJ. So based on, you know, everything that you've read, uh, you know, looked up, who do you think won this trade so far? Well, I don't want to be, you know, biased or anything, but as a Yankee fan, but I absolutely think that the Yankees won this trade. And the biggest thing for me is the defense and the upgrades that they were allowed to make, not only at those specific positions of catcher and third base, um, but also around the entire diamond. So basically you switched out Gary for what eventually ended up being Jose Trevino um, because they had to get another catcher when Roy Belt, um, got injured um and he is absolutely an upgrade over Gary I mean we know that Jose Trevino is arguably is by the stats the best defensive catcher in the in the major leagues this season um Gary is below below average we'll say um and then we also got Donaldson to upgrade at third base over Geo and Donaldson has proven to be I believe he's either if he's not the best third defensive third baseman by the metrics he's the second or third best Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also allowed us to swap Glaber from shortstop to second base, where he has been, uh, it's an incredible improvement. And he is a top five second baseman in terms of defense, whereas last year he was one of the worst at shortstop. Um, and while IKF does have a ton of errors and, you know, you can knock his, his ability to make those routine plays, he does grade out as slightly above average. Um, in terms of defense, and maybe a little bit below it depends on what metric you're using, but he is a huge upgrade over Glaber at shortstop last year. Um, and then that also allowed you to bring DJ in as a kind of a roving player, where he provides plus defense and plus offense, obviously, at third base and second base. 
Um, and then he can also kind of, you know, kind of switch in there at first base when when Rizzo needs a uh, when he, Rizzo needs a break and there's no drop in defense there. And just to put it all together, so the Yankees, their defense, they were ranked 29th last year in defensive runs saved. Um, so that there's only 30 teams in major league baseball, obviously <laughs> not good <laughs> this year. They are ranked first and by a lot by over 10 runs at this juncture. Um, so they are first in defensive run save this year. So just looking at the defense, you have to consider this a win for the Yankees. Um, the offense is probably a wash, um, just because Josh Donaldson has under performed a little bit um get both gary and uh geo i looked at their offensive stats they're performing at about a league average ops rate um so and trevino as good as his bat is it's still just slightly above league average um so i would say offensively it's probably a wash but uh, defensively the yankees absolutely absolutely won this trade and pitching and defense wins baseball games we see it mm-hmm Throughout, you know, throughout time, the teams that catch the ball and, and make the routine plays win in, win in October. Um, and part of that's just the, the starting pitching, and the pitching has been great this first half. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, we had a little hiccup with Tyone. I mean, I say this before his, his last start uh, against the <laughs> Red Sox, right? But uh, he, he, did, he shoved against the Red Sox, which is what we expected from Tyone. But he had a little bump there. Uh, for about seven starts, what are some things that were kind of going not were not going his way during those during that tough stretch for Tyone? Yeah, so I looked at his numbers a little bit, and for me, it really was um, his the the good news. I'll start off with the good news is that his walk rates and his strikeout rates were pretty much the same from his first. What I, the way I broke it down was his last five games. I included that Red Sox start just because. Um, it, it kind of like fit with the narrative and uh, his uh, and then compared to his first 13 games. So his walk and his strikeout rates are the same, which is very good. Um, the biggest difference was his home run rate. And so he allow he's allowed eight home runs in his last five games and he gave up just six in his first 13. Um, and kind of related to that is just his ability to limit hard contact. So on StatCast, there's a couple of metrics you can use. Hard hit rate, which is the percentage of balls in play that are over 95 miles per hour. And then there's a thing called the barrel rate, which is the percentage of balls that are classified as barrels. So if you imagine, you can you know what a barrel is. It's like basically the best contact you can make as a, as a, as a hitter. It's, it, you know, mostly produces extra base hits and home runs, um, very hard long drives, things like that. So his hard hit rate in his first 13 games was just 34%, which is well below league average. And in his last five games, it's been 41%. So a significant increase. It's not, it's just a significant increase in that hard contact. And his barrel rate, which I talked about, um, it's just, it's more than doubled um, in his last five games compared to his first 13, uh, his first 13 games. So it's really that ability to, to limit the hard contact. And I didn't really dig into any of the, the pitch types or any of the, the specific pitches that he was using just because it's such a small sample. Um, it's really hard to do that. But I would assuming it's mostly kind of like a location thing and just um, he's probably grooving a few too many fastballs down the middle and those sliders just aren't getting out of the zone like he wants to. Um, so, but I think that, you know, I'm encouraged by his last start against the Red Sox. Um, when he, you know, 
he really he really looked good and he looked sharp after that first inning. Um, yeah. I think he retired the last 17 in a row or something like that, um, which kind of got caught up <laughs> in the madness of the rest of the game. <laughs> and, uh, which was crazy. You know, yeah, when you realized, hey, Tyone has like not a lot of base runner like since the first day. <laughs> um, so that was good to see. I just I want to see some more consistency because it is just one game after a string of of several bad games in a row. Yeah, for sure. Like what I saw at Tyone was for sure like that little the lack of command and to the corners. There was mm-hmm. a lot of pitches left over the middle plate that guys were just hammering. The eight homers, I mean, it seemed like he was giving up a lot of homers, and <laughs> that eight is, is a pretty big number yeah. over, over that short stretch. Um and how how about the pitching as a whole? Like I think we're still like top three in, mm-hmm. in ERA or close to it. Um, I know the bullpen had a tough stretch there as well, which kind of coincided with our um, our down our down time, you know, as as a team because we I don't think we through any ten game stretch we didn't have we didn't have, we weren't under five hundred until this yeah like a like downtime for them is like going four and six in 10 games which is kind yeah. of a ridiculous stat <laughs> right? i think that that's like the worst 10 game stretch for a team at this point in, in the season um yeah. so yeah so i looked into a little bit into the just the, mainly mainly the starting pitching um because i think that that's where really the regression has come um and just some numbers to put into context i looked over the last month so since june 19th um, their starting pitching ERA is 4.34, which is 18th in the majors over that span. Um, before that, they had a 2.71 ERA, which was the second best in the majors over that span. Um, and then just kind of digging into it a little bit, um, it's kind of what I said with Tyler. It's really it's the home run rate. They were basically pitching at an unsustainable home run rate for the first two months of the season. Um, it was it, they were just on track to allow one of like the fewest home runs that a team has ever a Yankee team has ever allowed. Um, so over the last I would say month, it's really regressed. So they uh, they ranked. Um, let me get the numbers here. They ranked. Uh, they were seventh in home run rate through June 18th, and then since then they're 29th in home rate home home run rate allowed, um, and that's homers per nine innings. So that's kind of the biggest change um, that I've seen. There's also been a decrease in the ability to get chases out of the zone um, and for strikes, um, for strike percentage. Um, so those are a little bit less of a regression, but that home run regression has really come in. It's really bit the Yankees and you see it. You know, I mean, it just seems like you see Cole give up three. <laughs> what was it? They've given up, they gave up three home runs in a row, like in two games since yeah, then. It was really um, bad. So I think that that is, I don't really see that as a sticky stat. Like I don't, that's a, a, flu, a stat that can fluctuate a lot. As you guys know, home runs, right. um, obviously it's not good to give up a lot of fly balls, um, but there's a little bit of a luck aspect to how many of those fly balls actually become home runs. Um, if you dig into the analytics. So um, I'm hopeful that they'll turn it around in terms of the, uh, the amount of home runs that they're giving up. Um, but it is still a concern uh, when you look at the numbers and how dramatic they are. All right. So, Katie, um, here's a question that we have. Do you think Tyon Ty is a long-term fit for this team, or do you think the Yankees move on from him after this, this year? And that's coming from our boy Dave, who's not here right now. 
I do see him as a long-term fit because I think that he has a lot of the characteristics that the Yankees like. He just, he has really good control. Like he, he has one of the lowest walk rates in the majors, um, which means that he's not giving away free base runners. And so even when he does give up home runs, a lot of the time it's just a solo home run, or maybe there's one guy on base. And that's something that the Yankees really value is just limiting that the ability, limiting base runners. Um, and while he doesn't throw extremely hard, he does a really good job normally, I would say, <laughs> except for the last couple of games of limiting hard contact. That's been one of the things like he puts the ball, like guys will put the ball in play ahead against him, but it, they're not hitting it hard. So it's pretty easy to, uh, to convert. And with the defense, the, the dramatically improved defense behind him, that's kind of a trait that the Yankees like, I think. Um, and he works, he really liked, he really likes the analytics too, from what I've read and what I've seen from him. Um, he likes looking at the numbers and he wants to, to keep improving. Um, and he's taken well to, I think uh, the Yankees have like that sweeping slider or whatever it's called, the sweeper. Um, he's taken well to that. Um, he's got a pretty good change up. So um, I do like it. I, obviously it's all going to come down to price. How much can he get? I mean, he's, he's going to be one of probably one of the top starters available on the market after this season. I think haven't really looked sure. into the, uh, the free agent um, starting pitching market. Um, but I don't think that they're going to overpay for him if that's he's not going to he's not like a Garrett Cole he's not a you know like that type of thing where they're going to give him a ton of years and a ton of money and overpay um, but I do think they would like to bring him back um, because he has been such a rock this season no yeah I totally agree with you like I don't think we're going to break the bank on him no we shouldn't no Maybe and they've got some guys, they've got some guys coming up um, that, that mm, are that can long. step into the rotation Clark Schmidt comes to mind a couple other guys um Mm-hmm. So, the Chuck Yeah, yep. Those three dudes for sure. So, we're going to go from something re- really, really, really good to something <laughs> that's like really, really bad. <laughs> well, someone, and we, we try to take a break from talking about this person. Oh, man, we're bringing him up. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. No, we, we have to. We have to. It's, I know. I know. I know. Our weekly I segment even, for it. I, I don't even think Katie wants to talk about this guy. Katie knows what we're going to talk about already. She doesn't want to talk about it. I, I, I don't mind, guys, because I got some good stats for you. Oh, now we're talking. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. Is she gonna, are you going to change my opinion? No. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind then. Never mind. <laughs> no, not good in that way. Not good in that way. <laughs> as, as everyone could deduce, we're talking about the one and only Joey Gallo. Um, who's been historically bad this season. So, Katie, I'll let you take the floor because I, I'm really interested in what you found. <laughs> Where's the dead horse? Um, <laughs> all right. So, guys, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, yeah, Joey Gallo, historically bad. And we're talking. That, that, wait, wait, bad news or, like, good news? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not – you didn't say anything. I well, if you want to get rid of him, this would be good news because it provides some, uh, some, some context into – why they cannot play him another game this season. Um, so, uh, so he can, he conveniently has played. <laughs> he's so through 70, he's conveniently played 75 games this season, which is kind of a nice round number, right? So I looked at all the Yankees um, that have in their first 75 games of a season and his batting average, which is 164 is the third worst for any Yankee 
in their first 75 games of the season. No restrictions. I don't care if you're obviously pitchers that probably would not pitch 75 games, but and bat even back then. But doesn't matter any plate appearances. Um, 75 games into a season, his 164 batting average is the third worst ever um, for a Yankee. Um, but and so he's got 257 plate appearances this season. So if he basically never played, didn't play again for the Yankees, he would have the worst batting average for any Yankee in a single season with that many plate appearances, 257. So obviously that can change. He can play more. He can raise his batting average. But if he doesn't play anymore, or if his batting average is, continues to drop and he keeps getting plate appearances, this would be the single worst season in terms of batting average by a Yankee um for that um, much you, playing you, time you, you have made me even angrier than i was <laughs> Wait, I, got, I got one more i got one more for oh my you. gosh oh my gosh all right so one more um it's the other this is this might be the worst it's not just this season either so he's played 133 games with the yankees right and his batting average over that time is 162. so i looked at every yankee in their first 133 games with the franchise. So the through game 100 with the franchise. I got to give it to you. That's a lot of homework right there. Okay. And um, I had to exclude pitchers because pitchers can obviously get, you know, plate appearances in 133 games. So I excluded pitchers. His batting average of 162 is the worst by any non-pitcher for a Yankee in their first 133 games with the franchise. So, so wow. I have this, I have this follow-up question. So <laughs> what went, so there was an expectation when, when the Yankees traded for him. So what truly went wrong for him since he came over here? Is it, is it just the pinstripes are too heavy for him or is it just everything? I, I mean, I think you have to, I, you can't ignore the pinstripes. You can't ignore that aspect of it because his metrics, even just last year, compared to his time in, in Texas when he went over to the Yankees, they just it, it was just so dramatic. There was no expectations. I mean, you knew he was not going to have a 300 batting average. That's just not who he is. But you expected a little bit better than 162. You expected him to get more walks. I mean, he has a sub 300 OBP. And that was never his game. I mean, that was, he had never had that when he was in Texas and his slugging, even though I think he's hit maybe 11 home runs, but he, he has like four doubles. Mm -hmm. And so his slugging is under 400 um, this season. And that's never been a trait. That's never been something that he's been um, known for. He's always at least had a kind of a solid slugging percentage and a solid OBP, um, which brought his value up. Um, obviously, despite the low batting average. So I don't know. I mean, looking at the numbers, it's it's clearly just a it's a swing and miss thing. He's sw swing and miss. It's a pitch. It's he's not making the type of contact that he's had before. Um, he's rolling over a lot of pitches. Um, he, he's clearly not even trying to to get infield hits. I mean, that was one of the things. I mean, he knew that he was being shifted on. And so he would he would kind of mess with people and he would try and get those infield hits. He was one of the leaders in infield hits last season, believe it or not, Joey Gallo, because he had that strategy, he had that confidence that he could just kind of poke it to right field and say, ha ha, you're going to shift on me. Well, fine. You know, this one time I'll get a single. Um, he's not doing that this year. 
Um, and I think that that's a lot, a lot of that is the frustration of just how disappointing his season has Joey, been. Joey Gallo needs to learn how to bunt. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He knows how to bunt. He did it last year. We saw it. Um, I think we, you know, that was kind of one of the kind of cool things was his ability is he wasn't afraid to put down a bunt every once sure. in a while to make sure. things, to make people honest, to make teams honest. But I definitely um, got to say this though, this whole fact that you just said, I think we should either, you should make some phone calls to all the New York <laughs> radio stations that are like, oh, Joey Gallo's good. Joey Gallo this, well, Joey Gallo that, because he's hard. I hate the stat. I get this, I get this question so much is what is Joey, what is the Yankees record when Joey Gallo starts? Well, oh my it's gosh, obviously going to be good because the Yankees are really good. Exactly. Um, so but it's he's, ridiculous. He's not contributing to anything. He is not contributing to a winning the, to any part of the Yankees winning. Uh, no, and it's well, and it's and it's gone on to his on the defensive side too. I mean, I've seen a lot of plays, mm-hmm. especially when he's playing left field. He was mm-hmm. he looked boss out there. I mean, now he now he's yeah. just a platoon right fielder now. Yeah, now in right field he doesn't look as bad. But I mean, Yankee Stadium left field is not easy. It's not, it's not easy to play there, no, right? No, I mean, that's no, why no, they no. put Brett Gardner there, right? Yeah. I mean, like, um, let's be let's be real. We've been hearing the stories since we were young about how everybody that ever played left field has always been a revolving door because, yeah, like, yeah. And so it's not stop. easy. I think that he that that certainly weighed on him as well when his defense started to suffer this year. Um, when they put him in left field, I think that it's it's you can't say that that didn't carry over to his at bats because it absolutely did. Exactly, because like look, look, it happened last year also with Glaber. How we when Glaber yep. got moved over to short, it, it looked at his batting. Yep. yep. I feel like for Joey, it started in the Red Sox team, the very first series of the year where he misplayed that ball in left field. Yep. Yep. And That's right. Like, but you can't. On here? But but Danny, you can't put it there because you got to also put it realistically into even last year because even yep. last year he was going through that streak and it just mm-hmm. continued from last year into this year. It's like. The, the the off season he did not decide to try to fix anything up with his mentality. I mean, his mentality legitimately got worse. Yeah, he looks lost at the plate right now. I mean, he just looks like he doesn't he doesn't know what to do, um, which is too bad uh, because he was such a good pl- he was legitimately um, a good player before he came to the Yankees. I mean, that's mm-hmm, why they got mm-hmm. him at the deadline. You know, they didn't expect this. I don't think. Here's a question from Dave. Um, he asked. Why does he not button against the shift with a huge hole on the third base side? That's the big question. Know. You don't know. We don't know because um, he exactly. did it last year. He showed that he could do it last year. Yep. And yeah. I think this year he's just put so much pressure on himself to put the ball over the fence because that he thinks because that's the only thing he can do at this point is to hit a home run. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't that. happen often at all. Right. And, and then that can't be your one. Tra- that can't be your one trait. I mean, um, let's be real. We all know the one pitch to pitch to him that he knows he's going to strike out on. Yep. High fastball. Yeah, high fastballs. That's, that's it. it. Yep. He has like a 79 OPS, and that's like terrible. Yeah. I mean, that's he's, worse than, I mean, he's basically worse than IK, well, IKF. Um, yes. I, I have my, you know, I, I don't want to go on that rant, but um, <laughs> but yeah, for for, and they're basically the opposite, you know? the opposite types of of production whereas they're basically giving the yankees the same thing on offense just in different ways (laughs) you know what and and people love batting average still which i'm not yeah i'm not a big fan of batting average for right and i i that's why i didn't i was hesitant to bring it up as kind of the stat but for the fact that (laughs) 
but the fact that he's really not providing other value in it, I mean, he's giving, he's walking some and he's hitting home runs, but when you when your batting average is that bad, it's, it is a problem. So, so Katie, let's be real. Do you laugh as well whenever like he hits a, a home run and then all of Yankee Twitter is like, oh my gosh, Gallo's the best. <laughs> Do you just like I, look at your phone I, and you're I, like, what am I, just, I looking at? I just I just shake my head and roll my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she it's laughs really- when he when he strikes out and he has this this the dumbfounded look on his face. <laughs> what happened here? I just smirk. That's that that's actually a smile. That's a, that's a that's a that's he's got his hair all the way up to the to the ceiling almost, and he's just like, "Why am I keep striking out? Like, bro, you haven't yeah, adjusted to anything." In two you years. don't, you don't. Oh, and, and then and then we get that that like deer in headlight look in the in the dugout with his helmet off, looking at him with, with, with that like soup ball haircut almost. I'm like, bro, bro <laughs> there's nothing right. about you doing good. <laughs> but can we move on from this dead horse? Yes, yeah. About to say, yeah, I was about to say. Let's go to someone that's actually doing. Providing us some joy, you know, a, a lot of joy, a lot, of, lot, and and no one saw this coming. Not yeah. like he could bet bet a million dollars that no one in the entire universe thought that Matt Carpenter was going to come in and provide the offense that he has. Let's 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 put a smile on all our faces and let's talk about the the great legendary Matt Carpenter, Luigi. Um, well, he is he, he is a, he is a Yankee legend at this point. I think they've. They've started to make his bust in in Monument Park. So, um, but no, no, seriously. Uh, I, I first want to say, uh, I first want to start out by saying that uh, Ken Rosenthal wrote a tremendous article in the Athletic, um, which was published in the in February actually, which detailed the changes that he made this off season to his swing. So, um, if you guys have subscriptions to the Athletic, I highly suggest you read it. If not, get a trial subscription or, or sign up for one. It's like a couple bucks a month. It's a, it's a great deal. But um, it really went into details about how he remade his swing in the offseason um, with the help of, uh, I believe it was Joey Votto and Matt Holiday and, uh, and some of those, uh, a couple hitting instructors. Um, and the biggest thing, uh, just, just reading that, that article that he, he remade, because as we know, I mean, he was one of the worst players from 2020 to 2021. Um, he had one of the lowest OPSs in the league, in the majors, um, for the amount of at-bats that he got over those two seasons. Um, he basically fell off a cliff. We know he was like a three-time All-Star. Um, he was always one of the, he was one of the most consistent players, um, kind of above average bat. Uh, for several seasons before that and he just basically fell off a cliff um and what it was is that he just he was really not being efficient with his lower his lower half and his bats and his swing path so he he was he was i guess what they tried to do is they tried to make his swing path a little bit more efficient and to be more efficient with his lower half so that he was able to recognize pitches better and to really get that you know moving from the front from the back side to the front side um and to and to really get that power, and and it has been tremendous. Um, if you kind of look at um, the numbers, so and it, you see it in the numbers too. He's basically he's got a career high in launch angle, so a lot more loft with his bat, and that you can see that in his swing. It's it's so pretty. I love it. Um, I love watching his swing. Um, and he's 
basically he's got a uh let me just look a bit more yep he's got the best contact that he's ever produced in his career so a career high in barrel rate which i talked about before and in hard contact hard hit rate so those are he's running career best numbers for those as well and um and uh he's pulling the ball more than he ever has and that that's really helped him especially i mean he's got the short porch in left field but um he's most of his homers are no doubt no doubters i mean he's got a few couple of the the, the porch jobs um but you see it in a lot of those uh, a lot of the home runs are, are no doubters and so it's really been a, a great transformation he really the thing is it hasn't been like on the pitch recognition side or like the walks and the strikeouts are kind of the same that he's always been he's always had really strong strikeout and low strikeout and high walk rates um so that really it wasn't a problem for him earlier or last year the last couple of years um it was really just that swing pass and using his his lower half to really generate that power that he really he was he just wasn't getting that um in 2020 and 2021 and all it takes is you know all it takes is working with a couple guys um you know looking at video and doing some drills um to get that feeling back and to get that uh that you know that ability to to have that just that that sweet lefty swing um, he's essentially become Barry Bonds for us. <laughs> well, if you look at the numbers, I don't think he's going to be able to, to, <laughs> to sustain what he's doing. He's, I mean, yeah, he's like slugging like ridiculous. 900. Um, it, yeah, and, uh, and he's still it's, running like a 400 OBP. Um, it's actually ridiculous um, because like, it's like he comes over. Okay, yes, he wasn't re-signed by the Cardinals. Or that, but it's like he comes from, he, he's basically coming from St. Louis over here. It's like, okay, well, now I'm in a place that I'm going to have to actually work this porch instead of over there in St. Louis where that, that ballpark is just huge yeah. when you look at it. Yeah. I mean, and, but he, I mean, he performed well in, in triple a. So I think he had that, that gave him the confidence. Cause um, mm-hmm. you know, the big, one of the things in the article was um, that they talked about was, yeah, he made all these changes in the off season. And this was in February when this article was published, mm-hmm. but he was still uncertain whether it was going to be able to translate into when you're seeing major league pitching, right? Cause mm-hmm. it, when you work in the off season, you got, you know, maybe you're maybe you're looking at college players you're probably mostly in a cage um you know you've got whatever but was it going to be able to translate at the major league level or even the minor league level and it absolutely has and that's not as surprising to me because he is he did have such a strong track record before so he knew that he was a good hitter right um he had that confidence he could go back to that to that well and to to, to dig deep and to say, I know I can do this. I just need to change a couple things. Um, so I'm, I'm not as surprised that it translated, but I think the transformation, um, being able to recognize that, that you, that you suck, right? Yeah. That you suck and you need to make changes <laughs> yeah, is tremendous sure. at the age of 37 or 30, I don't know, 36, 37, whatever. 36. Yeah. Something like that. 36 years old. Um, I think that that it's, it's a great story. Oh man, it's, it it's the mustache. It's the mustache, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> but here it's, it's kind of funny. It, there's a funny part to this. We so the Yankees have um, Matt Carpenter, who was released by Texas. Joey Gallo from Texas. IKF originally from <laughs> Texas. Trevino from Texas. It's kind of like a little. Uh, there's a there's a common denominator here. Is is Texas kind of missing on 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 a handful of these guys on on these guys? I mean, you gotta, you can't rule it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that they, I mean, there are some, there are some really good reasons why 
they made these decisions. You know, with Trevino, they have an excellent defensive catcher in um, Heim, Jonah Heim. Yep, Jonah um, Heim. Who is, he's probably, if he's not, if he's probably, you know, second to, to Trevino in yep. terms of defense, right? So that was a luxury that they had. They could trade away Trevino, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Heim is also a very talented offensive player as well. So he's strong with that too. Um, I would say with IKF, um, that really was, they would, they flipped him to the twins, didn't they? Something. Yep. Yeah. For Jeffries. Yeah. So yeah, I and think then, that there was, and then a, the day later they made the big, the twins. Made yeah. The so the, yeah. I think there were some motivations there with some roster shuffling and with Matt Carpenter, from what I tell, what I could, what I've read is they just didn't have a spot for him on the roster where he could get consistent playing time. Right. They had, they've got some young guys that they wanted to, to keep in the lineup. Um, so they are, they're kind of in a rebuilding stage, you know, um, and they just did, literally didn't, they, they saw what he was doing, you know, they saw he was doing well in AAA, but they just literally did, they couldn't guarantee him a spot where he gets some, you know, consistent major league at bats. Um, and while the Yankees couldn't guarantee him a starting spot, the fact that it was the Yankees and that they were in first place and, you know, he knew he would be able to get at least some pinch hit at bats to start off with, and then he could prove himself. Um, I think that it was a no brainer. Um, for him to, to, you know, obviously to sign with the Yankees, but um, that's kind of, I would say, would be why Texas allowed him. And that they, they literally were like, okay, we're releasing you. Like, go, mm-hmm. do your thing. And in that Ken Rosenthal article, they talk, he talks about how the Yankees assistant GM kept tabs on yeah. Carpenter and how that was the main reason why he felt like, oh, you know, these guys want to take a chance on me. I, I, I'll, I'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, when you're, when you're a big league pro and putting on pinstripes, I mean, the Cardinals are like, uh, when, when you think about iconic franchises, yeah. Yankees, Dodgers, Cardinals, uh, I, I dare to say the Red, Red. Sox, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like those teams. You should have said the Giants before the Red Sox, bro. Like, come <laughs> on. And anybody before the Red Sox, right? No, but in, in reality, oh. if, if you're just like a casual fan, like, if no one knew anything about baseball, they, they know Yankees Red Sox rivalry, right? They know about the Cardinals a little bit. They know about the Dodgers, but um, it, it, it's a, they're all first class organizations and they want more from their players. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Yankees definitely fit that mold. Um, and, and talking about the Yankees being a first class organization, we're also a first in our division, first in baseball. We're literally the best team in baseball right now. So and Just that's the overall, and that's the excuse that our dead horse people bring up. <laughs> right. And, and you know what? I have something I have a bone to pick with that because guess who came along at the same time? Anthony Rizzo. You know, Anthony Rizzo has a lot more to do with the Yankees winning and him yep. being a, a, yes. a serious leader in that clubhouse than Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is just, you know, right on the coattails of everybody else, but I digress. <laughs> um Back to the Joey Gallo talk there. No, no, yeah, no. no. Okay, no, let's no. divert, 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 divert. Dead horse is over. <laughs> it's over, yeah. So just on the overall outlook of the season, anything, any interesting stats that stand out or something that a, a casual Yankee fan should know, be like, hey, you're at the, the cooler talking with your coworkers. Like, hey, did you know the Yankees were doing this? You know? <laughs> um, well, I do have a couple, and uh, I couldn't just limit it to one. But it, it does, they all do sort of have this overarching theme of the Yankees winning when they shouldn't win a game. 
basically like beating the odds. And if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen me tweet out a lot of these stats. Um, but I just want to share them with everybody just because they are so like ridiculous um, that it's kind of hard to comprehend. So the first one that you guys can probably a lot of people know is that um, they, they have the most comeback wins in the major leagues with 28. And they're also 28 and 28 when trailing in a, when they trail in a game. So they are playing 500 ball when they are actually losing in a game, um, which is kind of ridiculous to think about when there's not even that many teams that play 500 ball overall for this season. <laughs> um, so the fact that even when the Yankees are losing, there's a 50-50 chance they're going to still win the game, right? Um, and building on that one, um, so this this might be this is sort of this is really ridiculous. They're actually 10 and 14 when they're trailing by at least three runs in a game. So not just like the one run, you know, the first inning one run thing. When they trail by three runs, they are 10 and 14. So they're winning 42 percent of those games, right? No other team has won at least 30% of those games. Um, and the best team is 11 games under 500 in that situation. The next best team from the Yankees. And the Yankees are 10 and 14. That's um, awesome. And, I mean, and so that's kind of a little bit more, I think, of an interesting stat than just the comebacks. Because a lot of times we see the Yankees, you know, they let a team score one run in the first inning. And then the Yankees score the next 10 runs. And that's considered a comeback win, right? I mean, yeah, okay, by definition it is. But this one, when they trail by three or more runs and they still are winning 42% of those games, um, that really just kind of shows how ridiculous the season is. Um, a couple other ones, uh, <laughs> this is a really, they are 22 and 13 when they're out hit. So that's a six, 62% of the games that they're winning those games when they have fewer hits than the other team. Um, when the rest of MLB has won 20% of those games. Wow. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. That is like a ridiculous stat. And, you know, a lot of it is to the fact that the Yankees hit a lot of home runs. So mm -hmm. if you hit a lot of home runs, you don't necessarily have to get very many hits, right? And I think it's also a testament to the fact that the Yankees pitchers are not, they're like kind of scattering their hits um, and they're do very good in terms of situational pitching. Whereas, um, you know, when they have runners on base, uh, they're able to get the outs and shut them down so they don't score. Um, but that, that's, a, that's a ridiculous hit, that's a ridiculous stat. Um, and then we know the, the, you know, the, the great one of, they're four and three when they're no hit through five innings. <laughs> so, um, obviously, you don't want to have seven games when you're no hit. But the fact that they've won four of them, and no other team has won more than one of those types of games. Um, wow. No, hit, no, no hits through five innings, and then all of a sudden, you know, they win. And then, and then the one of, uh, they've won, they've given up back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back home runs in two, two games, right? And they've won both of those, of course. Yeah. <laughs> this team just knows how to win. And it's so, a different way. Yeah. I love it. They win in different ways. And they win when they're absolutely not supposed to win a game. They just somehow win it. Right? Um, so those are just some of the, the stats, like some of my favorite stats from this season. Um, and 
and yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's pretty crazy. The fact that despite the fact they've been no hit through five innings, seven games, they still have the best record in major league baseball by a lot. And they still have the best run differential by a lot. Um, it's not fake wins. Like they are winning a lot of close games. Like they have the best, if they don't have the, it's like the first or second best record in one run games. Um, but they also have the best record in games decided by five or more runs. Right. Um, so it's just, they're winning in every single way possible this season. That they are. The only thing is I, I worry about is Houston. Like, what are your thoughts on that mm-hmm. right there? Because in my opinion, out of everything that we've seen this first half, that's our only kryptonite. Yeah. I think, I think the kryptonite is the Astros are very good at pitching. I have a very good pitching staff top mm-hmm. to bottom. Um, and that's where I see the Yankees. I mean, they, I think they hit under 100 or they hit like 100 in those, uh, those couple games that they've played so far this season. Um, and to me, they definitely represent, they represent the biggest threat. Uh, they sort of have the same type of lineup as the Yankees where they do have a few holes. Um, we know the Yankees have a couple holes um, in their lineup at the bottom of the lineup with Gallo and IKF. And I hate to say it, but Trevino is not really providing much offensive value at this point. Um, or, or, but, even Higgy, or even Higgy when Higgy gets and in Higgy, there. Yeah, obviously Higgy. Hey, hey, for, for, for Trevino, for Trevino, at least he does the walk-offs, okay? Right. At least he, he, at least <laughs> he knows how to end the game. Uh, so the, the, the Astros lineup is constructed very similar. They have a very strong one-to-four, one-to-five. Um, and at this point, their pitching has just been better than the Yankees in their head-to-head matchups, and I think that's what it, what it comes down to. Um, so yeah, they but they they built themselves a nice cushion. They I believe they've they're up four or four and a half games for the best. I mean, it, it, it also helps that they're in the, the worst division. Let's be real, they're yeah. one yeah. of the worst and divisions. That's, they they have a very easy schedule. I mean, we know the Yankees, we know the AL East. They're it's this is only the third time ever that a division has had all of its teams at five hundred or above at the All Star break, right? Wow, um, and. So it's going to be a dogfight. They're not going away. The Orioles are not going away. The Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Rays, they're not going away. The Rays are, the Rays are only going to get better as they get healthier. The Red Sox, the Red Sox are the Red Sox. They'll find a way. Um, and the Orioles, I don't think they're going to sell. I don't think that they're going to sell the farm because they know that they're on the rise. Um, I, I really believe that this is going to be the season we have most of our division in the playoffs. Yeah, I can. It's gonna, but it's gonna be really hard because they're just gonna beat up on each other, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know if they can get more than three. Um, but that's probably going to be what it's going to be. But yeah, a lot of people are predicting four, but I don't see that. Um, just because that there's going to be too much carnage down the stretch when everybody's uh, playing each other. Unless they have one of those like one day wild cards because the two teams have a a tie for some odd reason. Yeah, something like that. They're not even doing that anymore. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, they're doing, they got tiebreakers forever. Um, So (laughs) they're not doing the uh, The one game playoff anymore. Yeah, well, so this is a good time to transition to like the second half and looking forward, we got Houston coming up, uh, double header tomorrow. Uh, Tyone and I think Monty are on the bump. Uh, so, but just overall, how do you think this season is going to end up for the Yankees? Um, I mean, well, it's it's hard not to predict that that they'll win the division um, with this type of lead that they have. It's 13 games. Um, I believe it's the biggest division lead for an AL in the AL East at the All Star break 
um, since divisions were formed, you know, in, back in 1969. So it, it, I'd see it'd be really, it'd be extremely disappointing if they didn't win the division. Um, so I see them, yeah, we don't want to think about that, but I could, yeah. so I see them winning the division. Um, I think it's going to be really tough though, to get that best record in the AL, uh, mm. of how strong the AL East is this year. And the fact that they're going to be playing, you know, more games against the AL East in the second half of the season. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's, and it will be hard to sustain their win pace just because they know that they have the division in hand. Um, and they're going to have to rest. I mean, we know that Cortez and Severino are probably going to be on some, you know, innings limit. We know Severino is going to be out for a little bit. Um, Cortez is going to probably be on an innings limit. Um, they're going to have to bring up Schmidt and Wisniewski and Waldachuk to make some spot starts. Um, and so I don't really, I think maybe they'll, if they, if they get to 110 wins, that would be, that would be a little surprising to me. Um, I don't say I don't think it's unattainable, but just the fact of how strong the AL East is, and the fact that they are probably going to start to rest some people down the stretch because they know that the only thing that matters is October. Like the, the Yankees, they know that at this point. Um, I mean, we we, so. we all know that, but we also know that in October the balls don't fly out of that stadium like they do in the summer. So it's right, gonna be and they know that. And they know that they're probably going to be facing the Astros and they want home field advantage. Um, Mm -hmm. They want to play as many games as possible in Yankee stadium um, in the ALCS uh, and the the division series or whatever. Um, So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a tough, it's, it's, it's not going to be as easy a second half as it was the first half. I I can predict that. And we've already seen the regression, Um, Mm -hmm. um, which, which, which was inevitable. You know, you weren't going to play, you work at it. It's impossible to sustain a 120 game win piece, which is what I, I they're on for like the first 50 games, right? Right. It's ridiculous. I, I, I definitely think we are all hoping we're not, ha- we don't have a fallout like Boston did. And like, when we hear from our parents talking about like the 70s, how the right. Boston just they destroyed themselves. I don't think that 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 will happen just because they've learned how to win already mm-hmm. this season. They've learned to win in so many different ways this season. They've shown they can that I don't see a complete collapse like that. We just um, got to all pray and knock on wood for that one. Yeah. In, you know, a person that would help out in, in the second half is a guy like Juan Soto. <laughs> so what who, what type of package would help out, would, would even bring us a guy like Juan Soto? Oh, geez. I don't know if the Yankees have it. But, <laughs> I mean, you first – you got to start off. I think you just give them – you say, okay, we're going to keep one shortstop. You can't have both of them. Right. 100%. Right. But that's basically the only thing that you say you can't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, yep. I think it's going to take, I think it's going to take um, Volpe. It's going to take Dominguez, uh, J- Jason Dominguez, Anthony Volpe. Um, you're going to have to give up Waldachek, Ken Waldachek. You're going to have to give up. Um, I think you're going to have to give up Hayden Wesnitsky, um, the other, their other top pitching prospect. You might Holy even still. have to throw in there uh, Everson Pereira, Pereira, Pereira. It, Pereira um, who's one of their top outfield prospects. Um, I would, and I honestly think they're going to have to throw in Glaber because some of the most recent reports are that they want some major league ready talent. And obviously he's major league, major league ready. He's in the major leagues for, for several years. Um, and then we're going to have to take on the Corbin's contract. Yeah, you're going to have to take on Corbin's contract. 
Um, so you might even have to throw in a Luis Medina. I don't know. Um, it depends on the package. This package says something that um, George would have done. <laughs> I think George yes. would have done it. I just don't see the Yankees. Oh no, no, no! I don't see doing this now. at this point. Maybe next, maybe in the off season, but right now, mid season, I think that they'll be more focused on getting a starting pitcher. Honestly, mm-hmm. Luis um, Castillo. Yes, yeah, yes, that's what we want. Yeah. my family name that's... brethren. <laughs> <laughs> that start he had against us at the stadium was just. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I, he showed. <laughs> That Mark that that I, yes, that start did I open me also. I was like, whoa, I want him here. <laughs> Mark and I have been talking about him since 2018. Yeah, him onto this team because he's just been mm-hmm. so nasty for so long. I mm-hmm. mean, I think last year he had like 17 losses, but I think that was an aberration. And I think that was more to do with Cincinnati being terrible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah but if you look at all his other metrics, his other metrics were all right there. Yeah. And even yeah. and even this year he started off on the injured list, but he I think he was injured mm-hmm. a little bit last year, but. I mean, when you got when you got a ninety nine mile an hour four seamer to pair with an eighty nine mile an hour changeup and his changeup, yeah, that, his changeup that is that's the best changeup. And he's got the two seamer that runs and the slider that runs as well. I mean, it's it's all it all just comes together for him real well. I mean, he I mean he could obviously be, you know, Cole being the ace and he's like the ace light, and then Sevy coming in as the mm-hmm. you know between Castillo and Sevy that. Yeah, you have a one a one A and two one Bs behind behind Cole. I mean, then you fill out the rest of your rotation with Monty and Tyone or Monty and Nestor, which you know, depending on how Mont, uh, you know, how Tyone's doing at that point. For sure, for sure. Well, Kate, it's been it, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, I had so a lot of fun, fun too, guys. <laughs> hey. So let, tell the people where they could find you. Um. Well, you can find me Twitter. Twitter. That's where. That's where I'm at. Um. Almost every Yankees game I'm there. My uh, my handle is letters K T Sharp. So K and then T and then Sharp. Um, and uh, I got a nice picture of uh, of Wally Pip there as my uh, my avatar. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, feel free to you guys can ask me questions anytime during the game. Um, I try to get to as many as I can. Um, they kind of get a little busy during when uh, <laughs> when a lot of stuff is happening. Um, but I do try and answer everything if I can. So, uh, and I love it. I love, uh, I love helping people out, helping people learn about stats, um, making them smarter, making them better baseball fans, um, and helping them enjoy the game better. So I I appreciate it. And also I'm angry about it at the same time, because I like them being stupid. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't stand it. (laughs) I'd rather make them smarter. I'd rather be uh, smarter so then they don't look. But don't it's fun arguing with the stupid people. <laughs> hey, you definitely made me a smart Yankee fan. Oh, yes. Uh, well, that makes like, me happy. Yeah, after this sure. hour, I feel nicely educated. I feel like, man, I, had, I was in, in a college-educated course about Yankees and, 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 and about stats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, any winnings, any winnings that you guys make at the bar or whatever – Right. Trivia, you can just donate, you know, you can Venmo me or something. Like that, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I want a portion of that. Yeah. <laughs> 5%. Yeah, I'll take that. Take anything. All right. Thanks, Katie. It's, it's been a pleasure. Um, we'll, we'll talk next time. We'll, we got to do this again. Yeah, definitely, guys. Playoffs. It was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much, Katie. Thank you, All Katie. Right. Thanks, guys. See ya. The great Katie Sharp. Great Katie Sharp was there.
That was awesome. That was ooh, awesome. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Thank I hope you so much, Katie, feels, again. Yeah, for sure. I hope everybody feels a little bit smarter. Uh, you know, just following her page is just like, yeah, I could I could bring the, the information to the cooler, to the water cooler at work, you know? Anybody asking about You have anything? water coolers at your job? It's actually right next to my office, actually. Yeah. Right outside wow. of it. You should, sneak it into, you should just sneak it into your office and then everyone gets to visit you. Exactly. I'll put my, my Yankee bat, my Yankee skull right there. Let's talk Yankees. There you go. Just keep putting stickers all over the all over the cooler. Bronx Muchachos. Everyone. Boom. There you go. We're working on it. We're working on them. We're working on them. Be on the lookout, uh, everybody. Might be on a stop sign by you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh my God. Uh. So Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo. <laughs> no, God, no. No, we're not. We're done with that guy for today. No, no, we're done. So, oh my gosh. I mean, Katie brought up a good point. The 110 wins being kind of like yes. this benchmark. Where mm-hmm. do you guys think? 105, 106. I mean, I kind of want to beat the Red Sox 2018 of 108. Like, for me, just personally, winning 109 or winning 110 would be just kind of like a shove it in their face type of thing. Um, but that's just a regular season. I mean, I would like it. I really would like it. But she makes up a really great point. Like, our second half is a lot tougher. And traditionally, the hotter it gets out there, the bats start cooling down a little bit. Like, let, let's just look at our pitching in general. Our pitching needed this break right now. And we'll see how the pitching does after this break, when we come back from the break. But, yeah, like, it's something that we are not traditionally like, oh, my gosh, that fire, fire team all the time. Like, we're, yeah. we might hit that that decline, that recession, and we might not be ready for it as Yankee fans. Well, I, th- I think you're right, but I also think that this recession, this you know, the 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 dog days of summer that are coming around, mm-hmm. coincide also now with, I think Cashman going all, Cashman has to go all in. Let's let's be real about it. Oh, yes, hundred percent. So he has to. He has to. And August and August two is the deadline for the trade mm-hmm. deadline. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. foresee, I personally foresee him making the deal, making at least one deal. He's got to make two deals minimum. You know yes. he's got to he's got to pull the he's got to pull the trigger he's got to get Luis Castillo. I was talking um, earlier this week with the with with Scott and and uh, and Chris from uh, Bronx Bronx uh, Beer and, and Broadcast. Just say what's up to those guys. They what up, always, what up? They always, they always give us a everybody. lot of love. They always give us, give us a lot of love and just a quick quick thing on them. We're gonna probably be doing something soon with them, so everyone keep informed. And if you haven't listened to them, got got to give them a listen. And we'll let uh, you guys know when the, we'll let you guys know when we're on, so that way you guys could tune in for that day too. Exactly. But we we we're all in agreement that Castillo's. You know, Danny and I have been talking about this forever. Uh, Alex, you're on. You you've jumped on the you've jumped on the bandwagon. I, I I did not know much about Castillo because I am that that Yankee fan that just watches Yankees and don't care about everybody else out there. Like I'll be realistic, but when I saw him that day. And I, from just eye test and everything like that, I was like, in the Bronx, I was like, yeah, this guy got it. Like he's, he's it. He, and he even has like that New York swagger on him that he's ready to handle whatever the media of that city wants to throw at him. Unlike Gallo. 
I think it takes a special person to come into Yankee Stadium and pitch against the Yankees the way he did. Yes, one hundred percent. It's not easy. No, but that was, was but that was an audition. That was an audition for him because he knew that <laughs> yeah, he knew he one hundred percent knew it was an audition because even his own teammates were getting had been getting questioned. What's he like? What's going on? Everybody in the media has been asking them, asking him, how will he handle? How can he handle New York? How can he handle the Bronx, especially? How can he handle the New York media? And that's you know, and everybody's been talking about what he'll do. They even went as far as saying he will shave, he'll cut the dreads, he'll do. Whatever to, to do to fit into the team, like he's a team player. He's I kind of like gonna... the dreads. I kind I kind of like the dreads. Like well, I, I mean, yeah. well, we, you know, we can start a petition with Hal to stop <laughs> to stop some of the facial hair and and long hair policies that they have out there. Bring back the mullet. You should keep the dreads. <laughs> the dreads are the dreads are like you know. I say I say this like if you if the if you sign with the Yankees then yeah you you should be you should have to trade you have, you should have to shave you should have to do. Get get the haircut, but if they trade for you in the middle of the season, no, man, I signed my contract with somebody else. Like I'm gonna I'm, the rest of the season, I'm gonna stay where, where I'm gonna be. Next yeah. year, then we'll have then it's a different story. But the rest of the season, I'm gonna man. I'm gonna keep it the way it's gonna be. Sounds like my traded players that I get on freaking MLB the show. Like, oh man, they they still have beards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I take their beards off. I'm that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Traditionalist right there. Uh, um, I'm okay with no beards. Look, 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 look. See, I'm, I'm clean shaven. I can be. You know, I, I, you know, you just I, got rid of the gray. That's the all you did. Go away. <laughs> the beard should go away. The whole beard thing, I, like, I don't care for. <laughs> like, how cool would it be I mean, to judge with the beard or the uh, beard thing? Oh, wow. Like, let's be real. The beard thing came up when George bought the team. Yep. <laughs> it well, yeah, wasn't. Well, it was it, it's, a, it's a West Point. It's a West because it was a West Point thing. You want everyone to look the same. I, I, I agree. I get you. But, like, let's be real. Like, it wasn't really a rule for the Yankees beforehand. It's like they were clean cut. Yeah, When we look at at, at, at pictures and at old videos, yeah, they were clean cut and everything like that. But it's not like they had to. They they. It's just that that was the time. That's what everyone yeah, at that exactly. time frame was doing. No, exactly. No, you're 100% right. It, you know, and, and even the hair policy, they say you can have, like, long, long mutton chops. You can have the, you can have a you can have the mo- you can have a mustache and long mutton chops. Like well, unless unless you're Donnie Baseball, then he gets mad. Yeah. Well, no, what, oh. what was it? It was it was it was it was it was, it was, the, hair, it was, it, the, it was the mullet. It was yeah. the mullet. Yeah. Yeah, but the yeah, mullet's not mutton chops. Mutton chops are mutton chops are down here. I'm 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 yeah. sorry yeah. that George wasn't ready for you know business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a question for you guys. What percent would you put the Yankees' chances of getting a guy like Castillo? You go first, Alex. 50-50. That's easy. Give me, give me a harder number than that. You a- – <laughs> All right. I'm God, man. Like, I'm legitimately saying, okay – 50, I'm 50, saying right, it's. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say it's fifty-fifty because, what is? What are they gonna ask from us? What do they want? Are we willing? And is how ready to give away whatever they are asking for? That's. I don't know what's in his mind. We need Volpe Dominguez. Who else? She said she mentioned a couple pitching prospects. That- Get out I'm of just, here. I'm that. just here trying get to change the conversation. Get, get out of here. Get out of here. 
get no, out of here. For, for, for Castillo, we're giving listen, up two pitchers. Listen, we're up I, two pitchers. And I would trade Joey Gallo, guys. I would trade Soto. Joey Gallo for a brand new washer machine or maybe even a freaking dryer for the team. I think that's, that's, I think that's too much. I think that's too much. Why are we bringing up that horse? We already know we're trading Joey Gallo for eighty for an eighty-five Isuzu Trooper. Dude, we're getting Joey Gallo for we trade off Joey Gallo, get a big box of fresh Wyoming air for him. No, nah, man, we're gonna get a, <laughs> we're gonna get like a hoopty car and then put some hot fireworks in it. <laughs> and a coffee can exhaust. <laughs> but yo, you, so right. Danny, you want yeah. the, you? I'll give you I'll give you a number. But first, I'll give a give Paul Wooden a shout out. He was hit. He sh- gave us a quick shout out on the in the chat in the comments. Paul, Paul. what's up, brother? Um, I'm saying it's gonna be eighty nine. 89, uh, what is it? 90-10 in, in our favor. 90-10 in our favor that we get him. Because I think really? that... I, I do because... I do because this... Because you have to you have to think of it this way. They're all, they're going all in now. They have to. They understand there's a, there's a sense of urgency on the team. One, they haven't... We haven't won World Series in 12 years or whatever it is like that. Number two... There's a lot of t- people. There's a lot of guys coming off the roster th- at the end of the season. One of which is Judge, and to keep to really solidify Judge staying with the Yankees, a ring will do that. Mm-hmm. Put put the jewelry on his finger, not just his wedding band, but now get a get a championship ring on there. He will be more inclined to stay and work out a better work out a deal to stay here and make sure that there is not just one championship, but there will be multiple ones. That's to do that investment is to get another ace pitcher to come in and if we and remember when we when we won the when the dynasty happened in the late 90s we had like two number ones or two or three number ones pitching you know in the rotation so i mean to, and like let's be real like what also helped out for the dynasty happen was when we made the trade for cone before 96 mm-hmm. like that was the, a big help you had the Cone trade. You had Wells. You had Pettit. I mean, those those were three guys right there. We got Orlando El Duque that came in there. We made the trade for Clemens at some point. I mean, we had we had pitchers there. We had consistently had pitchers, pitchers, since, pitchers, since, pitchers. Actually, since I brought the pass, Danny, I got a question for you. Did you or did you yeah. not see the, anything of the captain? I did. Yeah, I saw the first you, one. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, okay, for you because Mark, you, you and me, we lived it. I know, Danny, you didn't really live it. From seeing yeah. what you saw, from seeing what you saw, what you thought, uh, uh, like his life and no, no, like, but, uh, but uh, uh, the stuff that was, the stuff going on in New York and everything that was going on in the Yankees at that time frame. How? Yeah. What is your opinion on the scene now? Well, ninety four was a special year for mm-hmm. the city, mm-hmm. um, and the context. Of how the Yankees were, I I, I understand I understand that history. Um, I, I was alive, yeah, but I was four years old, so I, I didn't that, live it the way I didn't oh, experience I'm, it the way the way you exactly. guys you, you experienced it. Exactly for me, I, I could remember I I, I I could remember very well because '94 was when I moved down here, so it's like yeah. I remember a lot from that time frame. So one thing about '95 is that with the whole gripping around in third and all that, I, I always saw that as like a as a positive highlight for Seattle and mm-hmm. what that propelled for them. But mm-hmm. seeing the documentary and seeing it from kind of like the Yankees perspective, which I never really saw it from that perspective. I saw it from a baseball fan's perspective, seeing that like it hurt, like the yeah. way we went up 2-0 at the stadium. But you got to watch, you got to watch the Mattingly. You watch, so 
Yeah. Oh, oh my, yeah. his, his yeah, at no, bats. The Mattingly one, yeah. The, you, but you gotta watch the, the Mattingly doc. documentary first because he, for, for, because he because he let he was the one who turned around and said, "This is what we this is what you're gonna do before I do what I'm gonna do." And mm-hmm. that's what and Mattingly basically as his send off to the Yankees propel gave them the propel the propulsion excuse me to have you know a replacement first baseman for him plus and plus and to move forward. Yeah. And, and look, let's be real, Mattingly combed or or groomed I should say Jeter in a way when he was out there in the outfield when we find out from that from the uh, episodes like yo. You gotta keep on moving. You like you yeah. gotta have that old school Yankee. Just no walking. You run. You urge. But he did, and he did. But he did that with Bernie too, because he took Bernie mm-hmm. under his wings, and he basically and, and he told everybody, Everyone. like, Yo, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not hazing the new kid anymore. No, this is this yeah. a wrap. This is done. We're we're moving forward from there. And Bernie, mm-hmm. and that's what allowed Bernie to blossom first, and then mm-hmm. everybody else kind of followed suit. Jeter coming Donnie in. Donnie Base- Donnie Baseball has has as much to do with the the dynasty as the players on the field because he was the person that transitioned, like, like Mark was saying, he's the one that transitioned from the eighties, which was, you know, great and terrible at the same time. The eighties was a dark time for us. But everyone, we all say it's a dark time. And I went, I went to games. I I remember all that stuff. They had the second best winning percentage throughout the eighties. It's just that back in the eighties, you had, the it was it literally it was AL East, AL West, NL East, NL West, and it was mm-hmm. the top team from each from each side going against each other. Remember, mm-hmm. at one point there was I think it was in like the late nineties. Oh, I'm sorry, late nineties, early nineties, like ninety three. I think it was ninety two, ninety three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Barry Bonds' first year with San Francisco. San Francisco Giants had hundred and three wins and didn't make the playoffs because Atlanta had hundred and four. Yep, mm-hmm. they were they were head and shoulders above. Everybody in the AL East, uh, NL East, excuse me, and they couldn't get in, and that's that helped propel the next set of well, the strike also, but propelled all those changes to make a central team and to get the get the Braves out of the NL West because the NL what Braves were in the NL West. If you don't if you don't remember that, I don't like, remember that, was, that at all. I they were they remember. were in the NL West for the but, longest but then again, time. It was the craziest thing. Hey, don't worry, don't worry. I, I've seen some crazy things. Listen, as a football fan, you look at the Giants. Why is Dallas in the NL East and and in um in the East? They shouldn't be in the East, East at all. Yeah, they shouldn't yeah. be in the East at all. Like they should be in some South NFC South. Whatever. <laughs> Get out of here. But they're <laughs> never going to change. Still, those that's one of those divisions. They're never going to ever change, though. No, no, but yeah, but the, but you can't. But you can't have like a division like the NFC North where. Literally, the furthest ones away are Detroit and Michigan, and Detroit and Minnesota. I mean, everyone's within an hour flight from each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's truly like the black and blue division right there, because they'll just beat up on one another. I mean, but the East dig- was almost like that in a way, but we are digressing. <laughs> we, dig- <laughs> we digress there. We went to a whole nother sport. Sport. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, no but- I, I truly believe that, going back to, to the trade, I believe that everyone on, I think that it is a multi-prong attack to get Castillo because that will then solidify Judge coming, staying with the Yankees. It will propel them to go ahead and make additional moves in the offseason that they're, that they're going to have to make anyway, but it's going to then give Cole that... We, we talked about that. Cole needs that person to push and be there, maybe not as the older mentor, but to be the guy to be be right there with him, like to, you know, Going to Belmont in the last, going down the last turn, you got two horses going down, going side by side. 
He needs that person to kind of give him that extra push there. Castillo is doing that right now, and he comes over here and then just starts shoving. Cole's going to step oh his God. game up. Mm-hmm. Cole's going to step his game up, and then Sevy's going to, you know, Sevy's going to take his time, and he's going to get his innings. And guess what? Sevy will come back, and Sevy will come back and start pushing too, because now he's got a fellow Dominican to push him in in that rotation. So I mean, that's it is it's a trickle down effect from there, and then the rest of the team is going to be like, oh, we don't have to always hit home runs. We can we can play regular baseball. We don't have to. We're, we're, there's not always the shoulder the the weight's not always on the offensive shoulder to to have five, ten runs a game. We can now go and we can win a three nothing game or three one game. And then and and for the final point is against Houston. Now you got Cole that knows how to pitch against Houston. Sevy does, but Sevy's coming back from his injury. But now you put Castillo there. In a seven game in a seven game series, you're gonna face Cole and Castillo four times. Four times. That's right oh. there is gonna be that could be a wrap right there. Mark, you make me want to run through a wall. Here, <laughs> I get so excited about Luis Castillo. Oh my Man. god. Should have been gonna, on this team two he should have been on this team two years ago. You're gonna, you're, been gonna, on here. you're gonna run through a wall and then your daughter's gonna wake up and then your wife's <laughs> oh gonna freaking come back from from yeah. from where she's at and then she's gonna see a run wall and like hole. what happened here? <laughs> I blame Mark. It's Mark's fault. <laughs> now you got up. see. Now you got Mark having to have to pay for repairing for a wall <laughs> that he had gotta, nothing to do with. I'm in stump states away from you, man. You're all hopped up on Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But that. But I think that's the that's. I think that's trade number one. I that. I think. Well, I think that's the main trade. I think that they're still gonna make another trade. And honestly, I think the way they're talking, I think. Maybe it's going to be Ian. I'm kind of talking myself into Ian Happ right now. Really, I really am. I love that. Uh, you're, you guys already know how I feel. I'm not I know that. I know that. I'm kind of. I was reading. That, I was. Yeah. yeah, I was reading that article that I sent that I sent you guys on our chat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know he's going to be a free agent. I think. It, I think it just. The Yankees and Cubs have done deals together. Ian Happ would love to come over here because he's already got one of his best friends playing in New York, which is true. And then, the, then that dynamic just gets even better because Judge, because Rizzo and Judge have become boys now. Because you can see oh them just gosh. always talking every single game. Now you're just gonna bring Ian Happ into that mix, and then then you got the two of them then taking Ian Happ and making him feel comfortable. Boom! Pal Joey's cool. out is you know out on out on uh, 161st Street with with the help wanted to sign out there with him. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> with with they, that face they, like. They... Maybe he becomes tra- maybe he's part of the trade too. The Cubs, like you know what Cubs, you need someone at least to play for the season here. Take him. Well, they may take a flyer on him. Who knows? Like, at, you know what? That's he's a free. He's a, really a free. Point. He's, he's a free, free agent. I think. Yeah, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I mean, it's it's dead money for them. They don't get. They 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 don't have to worry about that. Exactly. And then you just have to. We just have to throw at least a prospect or two. We'll probably have to throw like a prospect or two in the deal to make to get it done. Why the not? Cubs do like the Cubs do love doing deals with us. I think two top fifteen prospects would, two to two to three top fifteen prospects would do that. Not not even that many, half. probably just two max. Well, you he's figure a Var- agent, figure, so. yeah, like, figure like figure Varg- Vargas and uh and a low and a low, you know a lower level pitcher could get it done. Yeah. I'll do I'll do two throwing Joey Gallo so that way they have someone to play for the for the rest of the season at least. That's it done. Yeah. Oh, you know Jackson yeah. Frazier's not going to be doing much for them. No, he's not. Exactly. He's hitting two sixteen for their AAA team. 
Such a shame. I mean, least, that kid. Such a shame. At least they have something. So yeah, I see it. I see that deal happening actually. So yeah, those 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 are those are my two those are my two predictions. I that's where I think that's what, those are the deals I think because I think it's a left-handed bat that I still think that they need. They they need. I'm I'm all for having left-handed bats on this team. You know, mm-hmm. I think that it's the most important thing in the world that they ran away from for the longest time, and especially now that the shift is banned next year. Yeah, that all of a sudden I think you'll see Rizzo's average will creep up. I you know yep. he's not going to be a 300 hitter. But I can see him being hovering like the two fifty between two two forty five and two sixty two. I can yeah. see in that range because a lot of those, you know, the strikeout he's still got strikeout in his game. But I think the hits that the, those line drives that he's hit that that he pulls are going to now become hits. Nah, so for sure, I think that happens. I think and I think you know Ian Happ coming over there. It's just another one of those things. You get just another person who's got a um. Because Ian Happ was on, Ian Happ was was up there. He was on the team that when they when they won in 2016, right? Or was he still in the minors? I think he was still in the minors because Schwarber um, was in left field. Very close, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Schwarber well, blew out his knee earlier in that season. They came back for DH. If anything, he might have played a couple of games that season, yeah. but wasn't like active, active. A big part of yeah. it, yeah. But you know, Ian Happ would make a really good fit here. Um, I think so too. I, I don't know how I would feel putting him in left. I probably feel more comfortable with him in right, and, and platooning with Giancarlo. And it's kind of hard. Kind of that, locked down left field. That's hard though, because it's like, as much as we say it, like left field is that place that we, if, if we could get someone stable in left left field that actually knows can play that that position over there in our stadium. It will be a godsend because I don't think I have seen anyone legitimately play that position probably since O'Neill. Well, for a good amount of like consecutive, consecutive years over and left. Yeah, O'Neill played right, but we had Brett Garner for like a decade. Left. No, Paul O'Neill was a right fielder. That's why I was. I was, yeah, was right. My bad. Yeah, I'm like, what? Matsu, Matsu, we never Matsu, had a good okay? one. No, Matsu, right. was we never had a good one. Matsui? Matsui? Yeah, Matsui was over there. Yeah. I had a, I had a. Melky Cabrera was better than Brett Gardner at the, when Melky played over there. Melky played center. Melky played center. I had a brain fart then. Yeah, it's okay, Alex. You know, you can't be on top of your game all the time. Nah, man, I'm hardly ever on top you're, of my you're game. You're playing like, you're playing 400 ball right now. You, you've been playing 700 ball for quite some time. This, this oh. sentence right here. Don't let it don't let it break down your season, all right, man. I'm gonna become Joey Gallo. <laughs> more Joe, more Joe, pal Joey stuff. Jesus. Oh god. Hey man, it's just yeah. fun to make just to say his name now. Let's just keep on going. That's gonna be a new name of uh, a bagel. All right, so I gave the so over. we we yeah, so we've been <laughs> we, you know, so we've been always talking about trade deadline coming up, things like that. I gave you my two deals. Who, who, uh, who, Danny, who do you think, what do you think, what do you think is going to happen at the deadline? Cause like I said, I think that I, I'm telling you where, how, why I'm thinking what's going on. What do you think? I really want a reliever. Um, and I feel like the reliever market, depending on where you look at, like a, a guy like David, David Bentnar, he might be too expensive. Um, in terms of like a prospect package, he's, he's a hometown guy for Pittsburgh. And I think, you know, being an all-star, they'll probably want to keep him. Uh, long term, um, and I don't yeah, think Yankees. Yeah, Danny. The the only thing that has me worried about that man is that I think maybe 
damn manager at the Pittsburgh Pirates have probably already overused his arm. Because there was some point, I think two, three weeks ago, where he just couldn't even get an out. Um, even yeah. if wanted, no, you're right. And yeah. it's just one of those things when you when you have to rely on young guys coming out of the bullpen to get crucial outs in the seventh and, and, and you know and and eighth. And he's I think he was leading the league as a reliever or a saver going in into the seventh inning and eighth inning trying to get six, eight, nine saves. All that catches up to you. So that will be my only question is how is that arm? How is that shoulder? And, you know, if you're going to get him, man, I don't I don't know what the Pirates will be asking for. Not to mention he was their only all-star. So, yeah, but you got to be careful on see where that shoulder is right now because he was very, very iffy towards the end of the break. Yeah, I think the, the price point for him will be a little too rich for the Yankees, but if they decide that they want to go the Hap and Castillo route, because it's going to cost. We're looking at four or five from top 15 being gone in those two trades, potentially. Um, so I want someone that could get out, uh, that the Yankees could feel confident in like Miguel Cashel's role uh, with the fact that Cashel's down right now. I, I do want another bullpen arm. And when it comes to names, I'm, I, I don't have a good one for, for anybody right now, but um, – I know the Yankees internal, uh, you know, scouts are looking at, they have to be looking at relievers that they think could translate in and be a guy in our bullpen to, to be a bridge to Wandy, Mike, Mike King and, and Clay Holmes, because I'm phasing out Chapman. He's just going to be in low leverage spots. He's not going to be in any high leverage spots. So I, I would like one more guy to be a high leverage person. Could Britain be that guy coming back from uh because he, he didn't have the full Tommy John he had the he had the sleeve that new the new procedure the sleeve. I want to see how a sinker looks. If his sinker is is moving like Clay Holmes, then yeah, that sinker slider combination is is deadly for for Zach Britton. But that's that's a lot to ask, yeah. you know, coming from an injury and, and being put in high stress situations. Um, if he comes back in August and he shows some promise and I'm not even talking about velocity with Britain. Like he had that 97, 98, but he's not going to have that anymore. I'm talking about 94, 92 to 94, but with uh, a 16 inch vertical drop, you know, that's what I'm looking for for Zach Britton. I'm just like, I haven't been hearing, I haven't been paying attention to the Zach Britton talks. What's the word on him coming back up? Like, what how there's, there's a chance there's a chance he's coming because he had tommy john he didn't have the full tommy john surgery at the end of last year he had what's mm-hmm. called the sleeve and the sleeve mm-hmm. it kind of cuts the the recovery time in half especially for a starting pitcher so where tommy john is like a 12 to 18 month recovery putting the sleeve in there because it wasn't a full tear is a six to nine month recovery so he's within mm-hmm. the recovery he's w- within that recovery time now he's just in the re he's, he's past the rehab now he's just get trying to get the pitching going for it so, okay. uh, you know, once, you know, he should be reporting to, I would say he go to, you know, start him off at the, F, you know, at the complex league for like a couple, for a couple, couple games there, just so that mm-hmm. they, you know, he's down in Tampa so they can see him go to low A, keep him there for like two, you know, a week, maybe two weeks, just so that everyone can keep their eyes on him, make sure that it's okay. Then, then bring him up to like double A and get him, get him against double A players, triple A at the, 
you know, for a couple, you know, a couple, maybe the, even a couple the, the more. The regular routine. Before. Yeah. The regular routine, yeah. It's just, I'm not going to have any thought on Zach Brennan until I start hearing that he's over in the minors and working his way up and everything like that because I can't have an opinion on that at the moment. Like, he's not here yet. I wish he was here. Like, let's be real. I think we all do, but really can't say, oh, my gosh, Zach Britton. Can't yell that out yet. Uh, I'm a, I think I'm going to stab myself for saying this, but um, I, I, I kind of miss Chad Green. And you, oh. know, you guys know how I, how I feel Manny, about Chad Green. Manny, make that a drop. Please, <laughs> like, yeah. do, do something, save it, clip it, because he's never said <laughs> that. He never will say that again. Manny, one hour, 28 minutes and change, and low change, <laughs> clip that thing. So basically all... like a Joey Gallahomer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every, yeah. every time every time Joey Gallahomer is used to put, I miss Chad Green. <laughs> yeah. I kind of do. Like, you know, why not, why not, why not? Why not Medina at this point? Like he's got to, oh he's got to, he's got to be, he's yeah, got to be, he's on the forty-man roster. He has to, he's out of options at this point. Give you know, put him in the bullpen. You're you know what to... it is, Mark. They're I know what to it... trade him. I think so too, but I but and his and he's got more value as a starting pitcher. I get that, you know, I get all that stuff, but I mean, what else are we gonna do? I'm, we're not gonna put, we're not gonna put a, uh, you know, you're not putting Wisniewski and, and Waldachuk in the bullpen. One, they're not on, both of them aren't on the forty man, so they don't have to start that clock there. But Medina's already on there. He you give everyone give you know he's in double A. They're not bumping him to triple A yet, so give him give him that kind of exposure if it needs to be. But that's just another thought right there. You saw Ryan Helsley throw one oh three yesterday from the right side. That's Luis Medina. Yeah. He could touch one oh three. Oh, he can touch more and we have a, that. As a relief, and mind you, if he's in the relief, he, he's going past 103 because he get one, he gets 102 with ease. Like that just comes. You know, the baseball gods touched his right arm and he made it a flamethrower. Like he can go. He can if he is a relief pitcher and say air it out for an inning. That's 105 oh plus. Mm. And he's got the curve and he's got the slider. I mean, it's a mm. you know if he just all he's got to do is ever harness it. Yeah, that's all. That's been all I know is this: it's going to be a crazy thirteen days with all the rumors that we hear. That's all. Oh yeah. Like this show is airing and being recorded on the twentieth, <laughs> with thirteen days to go. Yeah. This this team could potentially look very different by the time we do our next episode. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's crunch time. Uh, do we have polls this week? I'm not yes, sure if we, we got any polls. We, we had we? two polls this week, and okay. for those the polls are brought to us, everyone by our one of our new sponsors, Southwest Airlines. We all know that when it comes to booking flights, that you have a lot of options. With Southwest Rapid Rewards program, gives you the ability to buy, save, and use points like never before. Whether you're traveling for work, you need to get someone get somewhere at the last minute, someone a last minute gift, or saving or you're saving up for that special getaway with that certain someone, taking the family on vacation. We're just needing to get away. Southwest Airlines Rapid Rewards Program has you covered. You know what the best part of Southwest is? Either, anybody you guys know? Bags fly free, my friends. Bags fly free. 
visit their website by clicking on the link in our link tree and set up your own account today or make a purchase of Rapid Rewards points today. Great read, Mark. Yeah, Good thanks. job. My old eyes can't see anymore. <laughs> we we have done we have made history. So anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Manny Manny, if you're listening, can you pull if you can pull up the polls for us, please? Mark uh Mark. Alex, what happened to that music box that you have, man? Is it not working? Uh, that music box, I believe my daughter messed it up when she put, she spilled some water in my office. Uh, One of the reasons why I decide my laptop stays floating away from her. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. the best way to do it. As I'm like, yeah, that's not happening again. Children, you gotta love them, it's, man. It's why I'm no longer in an office. I'm in my nice comfy sofa with my, yeah. with my, with my TV right in front of me. I, I like this. It's a lot easier. I kind of want to go to bed now, man. Jeez. <laughs> you look comfortable. <laughs> hey, you're on a sofa too. Get out of here. <laughs> go, go lay down. <laughs> you can just lay down in the middle of the pod. Hey, only, only person who's 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 like not relaxed is Mark. <laughs> is Mark? Yeah, he's in his office. I'm in the office, man. I'm always in the office. <laughs> All right. He knows exactly where to go. Exactly. All right. So poll number one: Will John Carlo? win the MVP tonight? If not, comment to Well, 91... 81.3% said yes. Dang, you do need glasses. Yeah, well, I don't have it blown... I don't have this thing blown up. That's why. <laughs> there we go. Now it's, now, now it's bigger. Yeah, 81.3% said and yes. Now, ladies, 18... ladies and gentlemen, he is hitting control, and, or I mean shift and the scroll button as well. <laughs> no, I just, had to make, I just had to make the whole thing bigger now. Oh, now, now I can see it with these. Oh. <laughs> I don't need. I'm, I'm not at the point where I need the reading glasses yet. Eighteen point eight said no out of thirty-two votes. So yeah, wrong. You guys were dead wrong. When you hit when you hit a blast like he hit last night <laughs> during the All Star game, you're gonna win the whole thing. The story behind it, everything. Yeah, where he, where he used to sit the whole nine yards, like that was it just it was made it was made perfectly for for that. Mm-hmm. All right, and our other Who's poll. Been, oh, what were you just gonna say? After the poll, I have a question. After the poll, I have a question. Gotcha. All right, how does everyone feel about drafting Spencer Jones? Spencer Jones, for everyone who doesn't didn't hear, he is our number one pick. Danny and I and Paul, we were talking about that on last last pod. Mm-hmm. Spencer Jones, six seven, corner outfielder. He's played center field, also doing a. Um, he plays some first base, left-handed bat has been referred to as the left-handed Aaron judge. So he has a lot of comparisons, hits for average, not too much speed. He's coming. He was a, he used to be a two-way player. So he had Tommy and he had Tommy John surgery during his career at Vanderbilt. So transition back to the outfield, decent arm right now, but obviously he's, that's going to be getting stronger since as he gets more removed from Tommy John. He hasn't That's tapped hilarious. into his yeah left-handed hitter hasn't tapped into that full potential. I saw at one point they there was someone put the stats for Aaron Judge and and uh, and Spencer Jones their last their their final years and in college and they both look identical. Like they they look identical between the home runs, the average, the slugging, the RBIs, RBIs. everything. Like it's it's an identical thing. So you know Spencer's weighs weighs less than Judge. 
about the same size. So I mean, he's still he Spencer Jones can put some more you know muscle on that frame, but I mean, it looks like he you know he could there's a chance he could be a fast riser through the system as well. I mean, the Yankees have been putting had spent this past draft they they went all college players mm-hmm. between college arms, college bats, they went college the entire time. So I think they uh, uh, they they wound up they found their deficient what their deficiency is. Because I think they took another left-handed, uh, they, a left-handed batting uh, shortstop in the fifth round, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, a lot of time, a lot of their big, a lot of their big picks, they're picking, you know, left-handed bats. Between all 2020, Austin Wells, 2021, Trey Sweeney, now Spencer, now Spencer Jones, like they're they're beginning to bring the left-handed bats through the system, so they can have a group that comes through, especially now that uh, the shift is gone. So there's not going to be a stack. They're not going to. Everyone's not going to be stacked on that right side of the field anymore. I think uh, Trace. Uh, Trace Sweeney. Sorry. I think Spencer Jones and Trace Sweeney are going to have similar rises through the system. Uh, okay. Trace Sweeney's been in a high A for most of this year. Started mm-hmm. off at low A last year, so uh, expect Spencer Jones to have the same trajectory through our through our system. Um, I would like to see Trey kind of turn it on a little bit in the second half and really force himself onto that double-A roster. Um, that, that's the hope for, for Trey and really knock on the door of the big leagues because uh, I, I, I really like Trey Sweeney. Sweet left-handed bat. Um, you're not going to get much range from him from short, but I, I, like to, I like the idea of putting him at third. But uh, the question I had for you guys was, who was best dressed from the Yankees uh, during All-Star weekend? You're you're asking me a question I did not see anything of. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't know. I you know I'm not a bit. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of. I'm not a fan of the the. I'm not a real fan of like the double breasted suits, but mm-hmm. you know, you could go all. You could go. Uh, you know, Trevino. Trevino had it. Was Trevino was nice. Um. I mean, I go yeah, yeah I go Trevino, and then. And then Nestor, who was out and decked out in gold and yeah. and all types of stuff. So and then Judge came classic with the good with the Gucci. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty dope. <laughs> and, and Garrett Cole was well, you know, he was kind of simple and but but his wife his wife his wife his wife put it together on the on there his too. Wife, yeah, yeah. Did you see Justin? Well, Justin Upton. My gosh. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. <laughs> Justin at Verlander. And Kate Upton. Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. As a Latino. That's the I like I like it. That's Nestor, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Nestor and Trevi both came came in hot, Trevi. both of them. Yeah. Let's see. Well, His you son... know, no, no one could no one could do what Tim Anderson did. Tim Anderson looked like you know he had a he didn't even come in a suit. He came in he came in like a sweat jacket. <laughs> you know, like a he came Sweet in like Jesus. a starter jacket. But it it worked well because it, it was it was more modern. But like when you see everybody else that's there, they're all kind of, everyone's kind of dressed up. You know, you kind of. You're doing Hollywood, you know that that was the whole thing. They're doing a red carpet. You're really gonna Whoa. dress like you're gonna dress like that. Did Yo. he come with his side chick or his wife? Tim Anderson. They came with the wife. That black <laughs> outfit is hot. <laughs> right, right. Chubby came in. That <laughs> is what. And yeah, Garrett Cole looks like he's just like. He just got off of work and he's getting ready to go to the bar and talk to a couple of guys real quick. Oh, he was looking, he was looking at Cole and his wife. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, legitimately, I look up I look up Trevi and then I get a Cole right now, a picture of Cole and I'm like, 
what is he wearing? Yeah. Cole's just understated, you know, but <laughs> I bet you that whole suit costs more than all of our salaries combined, I'm sure. So Well, he can afford it all. And him. all custom exactly. and all custom too. Yeah. Exactly. Good uh, for them. Oh well, it is what it is. <laughs> this was a fun episode. Mm-hmm. I'm glad yeah. we we're able to to put it all together. Katie did a great job, so Looking like, forward to th- hearing it on the back end. Exactly. Big thanks to Katie. Uh, thanks for everyone to li- who listened, uh, who's viewing us on on Five Reasons right now. Big shout out to Five Reasons for keep having us under their umbrella. Um, yeah, always go Apple, Spotify, all the other podcast networks that are out there that we're that we're on. Uh, podcast Attic, podcast, you know, Castbox, all that fun stuff. Everyone overseas, listen to us. Thank you very much. Keep keep going. Um, yeah, drop us a rate and review on on Apple. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, for Alex, Danny, Dave, who wasn't here, and Manny, who made his popped in with appearances here and there. I'm Mark. Muchachos out. Joey, go. That's simultaneously. <laughs> Why?